We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another True Faith podcast. I'm your host, Mark Corby, and we are doing a, a quite unique as it was when it was today. Um, we are joined by none other than a Sunland supporter. Um, we are going to be discussing our friendship because I've been friends with this chap for over 30 years now. We went to school together, obviously rivals on a football capacity, but um, we enjoy the same sort of music bands and we still stay in touch. Um, Jonathan Snell. Johnny, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing fine, mate. Doing fine. Good man. Well, I appreciate you coming on because I know it's uh, at first when I approach you about this, it's it's I, I suppose it's always a little bit of daunting going on to a uh, your bit rivals podcast. Um, but, but rest assured, mate, this is more of a, a bit of a, a recap for us, a bit of a nostalgia trip over the last uh, thirty years or so when we were good, you were bad, and vice versa. Um, but first of all, mate, obviously the news in the last couple of days. Um, is regards to the, the, the current situation in regards to Sunderland and the decision by the Football League to um, cancel the, the season as it is but, um, but allow the playoffs to continue and the, the automatic promotion places to be uh, honoured. What's your thoughts on that, Johnny, mate? You know, do, do you feel as if it, it, it's a fair decision or do you feel a little bit hard done by in that, in that respect? No, it's fair, mate. Completely fair. We weren't good enough, so... If they're going to stop the season, they kind of say, oh, be just because it's Sunderland, we'll fudge it so they can have a chance of going up. They, they just weren't good enough, mate. So it's no complaint from me. No complaint. So, so in your sense, before we get back to current affairs, I do want to go back to uh, when we first met, um, you know, first and foremost. But, but just before we go there, Johnny, what went wrong, mate? What, why do you think... I mean, to be fair, you're only a point or two outside the playoffs. And you only appointed two out of the automatic promotion places. So you were there or thereabouts. But ultimately, when I've looked at the fixtures, I think you only picked up two points from the last four games. Um, you could say that, that screwed your season, but do you think it was a, the whole season as a whole? You know, sacking another manager, bringing another one in. You know, what's your thoughts, Johnny? What went wrong this season, even though you were that close to getting there? Uh, I just don't think the players were good enough. Uh, I, I don't think Ross was dealt a fair hand in the summer. I don't think he brought in the players that he wanted to bring in. Obviously, mm-hmm. losing Madger and that in the last like January window, that was a few goals gone out to our team there. So, yeah. no, it was... Uh, I mean, when you look at it, our last two games, we got beat off Bristol Rovers, which was our worst performance of the season. And they right. conceded a last-minute... 
equaliser to Gillingham, like last minute of injury time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had picked up, I think, four points out of them two games, we would have finished second. So right. it's just been a case of they haven't been good enough, mate, um, which is disappointing, obviously, because I, when we first went down to that league, I thought, oh, it might be good for the soul, you know, get rid of all yeah. this. The, the crap that we had, mm-hmm. we've brought in players. I, to be honest, I still enjoy going to the match. I enjoy watching mm-hmm. players that look like the care. They yeah. might not be good enough, but the care, <laughs> they look like they do anyway. Yeah. Um, but I'd, the bottom line is they just haven't been good enough, mate. Yeah. Which is disappointing. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, without wanting to rub salt in the wounds, I, I obviously follow. Um, a few Sunderland uh, people on on Twitter, and um, I noticed. I think it was perhaps one of the the fact it might have been one of the podcasts wrote the report or something like that. Yeah. And um, they basically tweeted and saying um, the club should should sue the football league, and it's a bit of a an odd one that because you know when it was in regards to where you, this, the, the the league table stands now, is what out of the playoff places. Yeah. And when they were going to do it on, uh, you know, the, the projected points per game or something, you, I think you would have dropped another place, if, if I'm not mistaken. So I was a little bit unsure of w- w- why they would think and they could sue the league. Um, I, I couldn't get my head around that one. Th- do you think it was touching at straws, trying to... Yeah, I think um, I think I read something the other day that I think it was Barry Fry was going mad. You know, Peter Braz, chief exec chairman or whatever he is there now, he he wasn't happy because when they'd done the points per game thing, it worked out that I think Wickham had played two more home games right. than Peterborough, so it wasn't a fair... Yes. I mean, it was the fairest thing to do with the points per game thing, but just it was weighted in Wickham's favour, you know, because I had played more home games and Peterborough had yeah. played more away games, so I can understand being a bit peeved in that yes. regard, but I think... If they're going to finish the season, the only way they can do it is the, the way they've done it, basically. And no matter which mm-hmm. way they had done it, Sullen would have missed out. Yeah. I th- because, I think, they weren't, because they weren't good enough. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, I know me and you um, spoke a couple of weeks ago in regards to the um, the refund situation as well, uh, when the club announced that they weren't going to refund the supporters for not being able to attend games. Now, at least have communicated with you because that stands today. And you can't say now, they still haven't let us know uh, whether we're going to get refunds on cup tickets bought for the Man City game. Oh, um, refunds on uh, season tickets that have obviously been paid, you know, every month. Um, and then we've also been charged, you know, because we, 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 our direct debit starts in March um, for the following season. So if you think about it, you've already paid three or four months before you know which league you're going to be in. So they're not daft. Yeah, that's, but, that's how it works with us as well. So, so, so essentially, we've had no communication. And as it stands today, you could say, I'm owed money from this season. I'm owed money from, from ticket money uh, for, for cup games. People have bought away tickets as well for Bournemouth and still haven't been refunded. And also, they've took a minimum of four monthly payments uh, for next season, and we don't know when that's going to start, whether we're going to be able to attend. So at least you've had communication, Johnny, even though uh, it probably wasn't what you wanted to hear. Even though they, they did rec- they did backtrack on that, though, eventually, didn't they? I, th- they did say they were going I to- think they always said that if the season continued behind 
closed doors that we wouldn't get a refund but would get streaming passes for the, the right. service thing that they do, which mm-hmm. you're still seeing football, so I don't find that too difficult to take, really, because, I, like I say, I still would have seen the, the game, yeah. not at the ground. Mm-hmm. but um, And I think they've also said that people who've cancelled direct debits are still keeping their seats for them. Right. Next season, you know, they've cancelled direct debits because they don't know what's going to be happen when when they're going to be able to actually go to the ground to watch a game. So yeah. they're keeping their seats for them, not selling them to anybody else, and they'll still get them at the discounted rate. Right. Because right. I think what what they normally do is if you renew before it's some it's normally around about April time they give you it for that season's price. And if you go past right. the deadline, the the price goes up to to whatever. I'm not I'm not sure, um, mm-hmm. but they've all they've, they've stated that you won't pay any more for next season than what you will, what you would have done for for this season. I think I think to summarise, Johnny, it's never straightforward as it's no, your club. It's as I simple think as that. They're probably doing the best they can mm-hmm. in which is like mental times. Do you know what I mean? It's unprecedented. What's What's happened? So I think everybody's going to be like basically learning as they go, aren't they? It's, yeah. But I think in, in regards to you, I, I, I'm surprised you haven't had, well, I'm not surprised really that you have had no communication regarding refunds and what have you. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. You know, I mean, well, we'll come back to our, our current owners. Um, you know, towards towards the end of the pod. But if we, if we rewind, mate, because as I say, we've known each other for, what, 31 years now, which is frightening, to be honest, mate. But um, more innocent times, mate, when, you know, 1989, we both met each other at um, a comprehensive school called St. Wilfred's in South Shields. Um, you know, I, I'd like, if I remember rightly, we became pals pretty much straight away. I think we we knew that, you knew that I was a Newcastle fanatic and I knew that you were a Sunderland fanatic. Um, so how did how did um, sport and Sunderland come about? I mean, obviously, I know you, your family are predominantly Sunderland supporters. You, your dad's a, a diehard like yourself. Well, um, when was your first game and things like that, Johnny? Well, you see that my whole family, there's only maybe dad. Ah, right. All, okay. the rest, all the rest of the family are all black and white. Right. Um, and I think I remember telling you a couple of months ago, my me, me first actual game was a Newcastle game. Ah, the yes. first exactly. like first game I ever went to was it was either Newcastle against Everton or Newcastle against Liverpool. I can't remember which mm-hmm. one was first. Um, but I remember both games. I was in the main uh, the Melbourne Paddock. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I say I went actually went to Newcastle games before I went to Sunderland. And I spoke to my dad about this yesterday because I asked him which, if he could remember the first game he ever took me to, because I thought it was Northampton when we won the third division title. Right. Uh-huh. But it wasn't. I, I, mm-hmm. For some reason, I've had it in my head that that was my first ever game, but it was right. the season after. Um, right. First game of the season, Bournemouth, ones each. So that would have been 88, 89 then? Um, it was, yeah, 88. Yeah. 88, 89. So we started, that's spooky that because that, my first game was Swindon Town the previous season. We're getting 5 0 in the cup. But from that 88, 89 season, we played um, 
Tottenham Gascoigne's return and that was essentially when I first started going you know all the time you know that's when I was hooked and so you learn something new every day John I didn't realise that was um, you know when you first started going so, so if you were taking the Newcastle games and how did you end up being a Sunderland supporter? Just through my dad taking us right just just uh-huh. I think when I was younger I, I think I went through like a like when I was in the junior school, I went through phases of like supporting Liverpool, West. I think I remember supporting West Ham for a couple of months. You know, <laughs> right. I thought I was Frank McNaveny in the school play yard. Uh-huh. Um, and then, like I said, well, my dad just took us to the game one day and that was it. A mm-hmm. big roker end. Uh-huh. Um, and like you say, hooked. Yeah. I think I, when I went to the Newcastle games, I was. Much, I think I was a lot younger, yeah. and it didn't really like. What's the word? Um, I might have just been like not impressed, you know, like yeah, bit overawed type of thing. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I but I, I, it didn't really like click for us until I went to to Sunland till he took us to well, Sunland. That's fair enough. S- similar story to me in a sense. Um, first couple of games I went with me, me auntie and uncle, but um, back in the day, um, good friend of mine, uh, you, you you will remember Thomas Richardson, who sadly passed away. Yeah. Um, he was my best mate during uh, junior school, and uh, he had a, he had a spare ticket for one of the games, so I just went with him. It was Sunderland, I'm sure it was Sunderland New Brighton, and it was a week or two before the Hillsborough disaster, so it would have been that season you you started going, and. Um, is that a nice calm? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effect. But, uh, but yeah, so I remember going to the game and I, I was similar because obviously I was a Newcastle supporter by then, but I remember standing on the forward and used to be bright. I'm sure it was 1 0. And uh, I remember standing there thinking that, you know, I, I couldn't get into this. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I think sometimes your, your clubs your, your clubs already picked for you. you I, know? Ju- I just think, I don't know, it might have just been an age thing, you know. I, yeah. I, I, I can't remember what year it is, but I was talking to my dad about this. It, Yesterday as well when I seen him, and he said I never took you there. So I, it must <laughs> it must have been me auntie's partner at the time that took her. I just right. you know when I just like when I like when I thought my first game was the Northampton game. I think mm-hmm. your mind plays tricks on you. I was positive that he was he was there with her, but he's he's adamant that he wasn't. Yeah, he yeah. says that, the only time the only time he's been to St James's Park when Sullen weren't playing was when. I think Blythe Spartans plays there in the cup. Oh, that was in the seventies. Seventies. He went um, with me, granddad, and my uncle. He says that's the only time he's ever been to St James is when Sunderland weren't playing. Right. So that's that's the, it. Yeah, the big Wrexham. The, the Wrexham actually beat Newcastle in the um, the fourth round, and the, um, the the drew Blythe Spartans in the fifth round at oh. home. So if you imagine that, it should have been Newcastle versus Blythe right. Spartans. Typically, Can Newcastle got knocked out by Wrexham. And uh, Blythe played them, but anyway, Johnny back to eighty nine, um, eighty eighty nine. Obviously, Newcastle got relegated, and the following season there was Newcastle, uh, Sunderland, and Middlesbrough all in the same in the same division. This is when we won in the comp. We, we had started the comprehensive school, which I mentioned. We yeah. had the like Nick Quinn and Mark McGee, and you had the the G force around Gabby Dean and Gates. Hi. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean to be honest, we were both sort of around the playoffs and the promotion picture all season. Um, and then we we went on a, a tremendous run. I think we won six off the off the bells, and promotion was in our own hands. We, we played um, Swindon Town in a midweek game, 
And if we had beat them, we would have went into the, the second automatic promotion place. So promotion was in our hands, but we could only draw. And then we um, beat West Ham, which would work in favour for use because it meant use qualified for the playoffs and West Ham were no longer in the running. Uh-huh. And then uh, and then obviously <laughs> in the last day of the season we got hammered at Middlesbrough, um, which kept them up. And use I think got beat at home to Oldham, which meant that use dropped a sixth, which meant that third played six and we played use. Oh, so <laughs> your memory's much better than mine, like <laughs> Yeah, well, well, well. What I was going to say, because obviously um, we were pals, and I remember um, queuing up for tickets for the first leg at Roker Park, and we didn't get them. And um, I went straight to school, said to you, Johnny, can you guys a ticket for the home end? And being twelve year old at the time, it was pre- pretty fearless. Oh, uh, um, I do it now. Well, this, this I would is never do that now. <laughs> no. In, in in you come of trumps, you got the tickets. If I remember rightly, there was some sort of goal card you gold used to card, have. Gold card, I. You so you got us tickets, me and um, Bruno, and uh, we went. You got the tickets for the main stand, Paddock. I'll never forget it. Um, you went, look, you'll be safe in there. There'll be no no bother and all that. <laughs> and within within a couple of minutes, um, the game had kicked off, and um, some someone pulled a knife out. And before you knew it, about fifteen or twenty Newcastle supporters were marched out of the paddock and right down the pitch into the rotor end. So. We were safe. We were um, we were in the we end where you know where the, all the people who were in the wrong end were, were put. So we were fortunate to be there. So you know you, you could say, mate, at such a young age, you know the derby games were coming thick and fast because that would have been third out of four that were played you that season. Aye. What's what's your memories of that particular playoff, mate? Before we go on to the the one that you probably want to talk about. To be honest, I remember it was. I think it was a rubbish game. I, yeah, I think well, Derby's normally are, aren't they? It was, it was. I think it was like obviously the first time I had been to a Southern Newcastle match. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it was earlier on in the season. Sorry, but yeah, I just I remember it was big and hot. Yeah, um, and I think the main thing I remember was Hardyman's penalty, and then booting John Burridge in the head. Mm-hmm. That was the main. Like I say, my memory plays tricks on me. I I can't remember things at all, and other things I can remember as if they happened yeah. yesterday. But mm-hmm. um, I, I I remember the getting your tickets and what have you. Um, but I, I I would never ever do that. You know, if <laughs> if a, a new I I don't know what I was thinking really. I don't know what you were thinking, and all asking is to. I uh, just. I well, you've got to remember. You've got to remember I went to matches with Bruno, who was a lot, you know, you've got to think about it. Bruno was tough, wasn't he? He, he didn't give a shit. He, uh, he was outraged, but um, he, he was pretty, you know, fearless. And uh, I think it was his idea. Oh, we'll just go in the sun and then, you know. Um, but but nil-nil draw, we were confident because obviously, you know, going into the home, we, we had a, a tremendous home record. Oh, that season. Definitely. We, I think we won 17 games at home. But you had a brilliant away record as well. I oh. think it was the best in the league. Yeah, we went. I, I remember. I actually, went. To, I went to a couple of away games that season. That was the first season I started going away. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the Derby at St James's in the league. Um, yes, one oh, each. Yeah. Uh, that was my first away game, but right. I I don't call it my first proper away game because it was only yes. like yeah. ten minutes down the road, what have you. Um, uh-huh. And I went to Sheffield United away. 
which was mm-hmm. a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. We won three one. That was mm-hmm. my first proper, like you know, yes. getting on a support as bus and ah. travelling away, what have you. Um, mm-hmm. And I went to Barnsley away, which we, mm-hmm. I think we lost one nil. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do remember having an excellent, excellent away record that season, and um, which is obviously what got were got what up because we went on like a late run in the season. One, uh-huh. I, I remember being like stuck around mid table, yeah, uh, and then just the last maybe 10, 12 games or something, we just started creeping up, creeping up, mm-hmm. and then obviously getting into the playoffs. Um, so going on to the, the second leg, then did, did you go the second leg, Johnny? No, I, no, I mean I wouldn't let us go. He went, which right. kind, kind of a running theme in where in, in like my childhood and away games with him, uh, mm-hmm. there were certain games he wouldn't let us where he wouldn't take us to when, where he, where obviously he went, he was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I never, I remember, I remember exactly where I was. I was at Tudor Reed Youth Club. I was mm-hmm. playing pool and we had it on a, like a ghetto blaster on the radio. Right. Uh, and that, like basically listening to it on, I don't know if it was Metro FM or Radio Newcastle, yeah. what have you, was one of them. But I had me scarfing that with us. That was draped mm-hmm. over the pool table and what have you. Um, so that 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 was my memory of that game, obviously, because uh, I wasn't there just listening to it and then getting home, being over the moon, waiting for my dad to get in. Um, tell us, like, tell us all about it and that, because I, yeah. I was only like what twelve, twelve year old, twelve yeah, year old, yeah. I or like stopping up past my bedtime, waiting for waiting for him to get in to tell us all about it and that. Um. Well, yeah, I, I, was, I, I went. Main memories of that actual know. game. Well, I, I went, but uh, my mother didn't know I, I went to the games there. I used to sneak there with my mates. <laughs> um, she just didn't, didn't want us to go. I think the, the Hillsboroughs asked I put the fear of life into oh, her. Yeah. And she, she just didn't want me to, us to go. But I went and obviously you know me for the way, and he didn't. And um, obviously when we invaded the pitch, just, you know, whatever we tried to do, stop the game. Let's just say that's what we tried to do. And um, the game was held up for 20 minutes or so. And then, obviously, by the time we got out and got to the game, uh, got home, um, I was well I was in well late. And my brother, in his wisdom, decided to tell my mum where I was because it made the national news. Obviously, the pitch invasion, Italia 90 was just around the corner. Mm-hmm. There was was thought that hooliganism had was returning because of the Leeds fans writing it down at Bournemouth, if you can remember. Yeah. And, um, so I, I got in. My mum gave us a slap. Oh, what she went, where you been? I went, I've just been my mate's house playing the computer. And she went, uh, you haven't you been to the market? And she went, your brother's told you. Because he was worried. He was worried about me because he's obviously seen us on the television and thought, oh, no, I'm a Marxist. Right. So, uh, but anyway, this is where you may know better than me because obviously we, we laugh about this now, but um, you and your cheeky little wisdom, you decided to wind me and a couple of Newcastle supporters up at school. Now, was that after the playoff? Or was it after you got promoted? Do you know what? Do you know what it is? It was thirty years ago yesterday. <laughs> right. That's, okay. I seen a you post. I seen a post on Twitter or Facebook yesterday, and it was a clip of. It was there must have been a there must have been a, a live football match on or or a highlights program, and it was was it Nick Owen who used to present it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was him presenting it, and there was in the studio there was Jimmy Greaves and Ozzy Ordiles. Um, and it said we've just got news coming through that Sullen have been promoted, and that they were kind of like discussing it, and it kind of, I 
I can't remember at the time, but Sheffield Wednesday kicked right off about yeah. the the about Sullen getting promoted because they were they had a live link to Ron Atkinson on the on the program, and he was just going, "Oh, it's a disgrace!" Like Sheffield Wednesday should have stayed up. He was going on about having the highest ever points total of a team getting relegated, um, mm-hmm. and he was, I he what I, I mean. He wasn't happy at all. You, you can understand why. Mm-hmm. Uh, because out of the three scenarios, probably Sunderland going up is probably the least <laughs> likely. The least likely out of the three. Do you know what I mean? Um, because well, I was going to ask you that because it's it's similar to what's happened now in a sense. You know, in in regards to the cancellation of the of the league and. Back then, as you, as you rightly say, Sheffield Wednesday was the third team to be relegated. Uh, so they put a claim in. Uh, Newcastle put a claim in because we, I think we finished six points ahead of you. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Blackburn also put a claim in because they got beat off Swindon in the semi-finals. But Blackburn's was just written off straight away. Yeah. Um, so you had three clubs fighting for the claim to be promoted or for Sheffield Wednesday to stop up. And ultimately, you just got promoted despite, if I remember rightly, Putting in one of the worst performances oh, it was, ever. It was dreadful. Yeah, they, they could have scored six or seven. <laughs> yeah, and you and you went to that one though, didn't you? I was at that one. Yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. at that one. Um, but yeah, I think Tony Norman had an absolute blinder that game. Sullivan's mm-hmm. keeper, it the the tour were apart. Yeah, the the it was it was one of the worst games I've ever been to. But mm-hmm. like performance wise. They just didn't didn't turn up. Um, well, well, he's got promoted. Um, you you could say it was the worst thing that could have happened in Newcastle because we we were going to be um, selling shares um, over the following over the summer into the following season, and it was when Sir John Hall was sort of uh, on the board then. So what what the idea was is get promoted, sell the shares. We'll be we'll be basically pushing and, and you know challenging. Where we sh- where we believe we should be, yeah. but obviously we didn't get promoted. Um, the share issue just absolutely collapsed. You know, I think there was, I th- it didn't raise enough money to the point where they had to borrow more millions from the bank. It was just a total total disaster. Where where you were in the first division, there was a huge boom because of Italia Nini. You know, you you were playing the likes of Tottenham with Gascoigne and Lineker, Liverpool with Barnes and Biazzi. You know, you were getting the big games, um, and you didn't start too badly. Um, but ultimately, he's, 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 he's typical. Sunderland, I suppose, he, he's went down on the last game of the season. I think it was at Manchester City, wasn't it? Oh, I was at that game, yeah. I, yeah. I think, well, when we went up, we basically went up with the same team as that we had in the, the first division. We signed Kevin Ball and Peter Davenport, I think. Then we were two, yeah. then we were two, two signings. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, they give it a good go, to be fair. They were. The, the, uh, uh, yeah, Man City the last game. They, they could have, like, like you say, they could have stopped up last game of the season if mm-hmm. results had gone there. Anyway, I think it was Luton. Luton, right? Uh, I think Luton was the other team that could have gone down, but they they won anyway at home. I think mm-hmm. they won two. I can't remember who they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I glorious failure again. Well, it's it's funny because you just mentioned uh, Ball and Davenport there, but I remember you mentioned the third third division, the um, Northampton game. But you know, fast forward to that season, you, you had the likes of 
Gary Awas and, and Gordon Armstrong, who, who, who were part of the, the third division the, team, uh, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. So, you know, you've got Drunk to look at it. Well, well, this is it. I mean, you know, in, in Dennis Smith um, was the manager. He took you from the third to the second to the first. And, and he was using these, these players who, who had come through the ranks. So, you know, probably a proud, proud moment for them sort of players. Oh, yeah. And he was a, a, a supporter watching local lads, you know, you know, develop with the development of the of the football club. Um, but ultimately relegated. Um, we oh. had an awful season. Um, following season, you, you know, I, I look at I look at the nineteen ninety one ninety two season as it's it's quite satisfying because ultimately Kevin Keegan come back and and was stopped up on the last day, the last minute of the last day of the season. We stopped up. Um, was that Leicester? Leicester away, Lester yes. Away, uh, yeah. But you weren't really around the the relegation places until later on and then he's had so many games in hand because of your cup run and I, I always remember to be honest Johnny we, we, as Newcastle supporters we were looking on at your cup run with envy because let's be honest mate back then the FA Cup it was it meant something it meant something yeah you've just hit the nail on the head uh, so what was it like then mate because more than likely you would have probably been travelling I don't doubt you were at the semi-final at Hillsborough and things like that the cup final what, what was it like mate oh it was it was it was, a, it was brilliant didn't go to the cup final though Ah, do you not get a ticket? No, I, I, can you not remember? I was I was devastated, man. Absolutely devastated. I went to, we played Port Vale the first round, it, well, the mm-hmm. third round, went to that game. Next round, we played Oxford away, which was a mm-hmm. Tuesday or Wednesday night. Didn't go to that one. Right. Um, I think the next round, we played West Ham at home, drew, had a replay. I went to that one, the replay at Upton Park. Right. Um, Quarter final, Chelsea went to the home game. Dad wouldn't take us to the away game again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the went to the sem- obviously went to the semi final. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have a season ticket at the time. Just had my right. gold card, which membership. Right. Uh, obviously, so they looked after all the season ticket holders first with tickets, and then for the for the rest of the tickets that they had left, I, I I don't I can't remember how many there was. I don't think there was that many, but they'd mm-hmm. done a they'd done a voucher scheme where they picked three home games towards the ah. end of the season, and you got a voucher as you went through the turnstile. I remember this. Um, and we were drawn out. Look at the draw. Yeah, look at the draw. Didn't get so it. So I was going to say, Johnny. So essentially, you could have won every home game that season. Yeah. Um, and, and missed out and someone could have went to three games picked up the, the, the vouchers and been drawn out of a hat and got a ticket well there was always people at school done that I remember mate it's funny because the first person that popped in my head and I won't name him he uh, he actually come to Newcastle games with us when Kevin Keegan uh, come back because he wanted to be part of that and then yeah. when he's got the cup final um, I remember him uh, getting getting tickets but I'll not, I'll not name him Shame no, about I think yeah. it's the same person <laughs> but uh, so obviously you know it, the same happened to me, to be honest, Johnny. Me when we got the cup final '98, um, the loyalty point system was ridiculous. What what they did, um, this the the base did primarily on uh, if you had like an executive box or a bond or something yeah. like that at the club, and after that you would have thought it was season ticket holders, but it wasn't. They went down the route of if the more cup games you went to, the better chance you stood. I missed one home, even though I went to the away games, Everton away and things. Like that, I missed Stevenage. 
um, at home. Can't remember why I didn't go, but I didn't go, and the, I, I I got in touch with the club and says, why have I not got a ticket? And some people I know who haven't been a season ticket all as long as me half of them went. Well, the criteria is the home games. You went to all of them apart from Stevenage, and you don't qualify. Well, it's wrong. <laughs> so the biggest. Biggest game in our um, our lives, obviously yours back in '92. We both weren't there. We, as it happens, mate, we both got beat two 0 That's what I suppose a little uh, little bit irrelevant. But we 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 took off from there, mate. I mean, I'm not going into it too much because we talk obviously about Newcastle um, and that sort of the Keegan era and all oh, that. We, <laughs> well, I mean, what I was going to say, we 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 took off. We we got promoted. Um, then we gone into Europe. You you were sort of. Um, changing managers at will again. You had Terry Butcher um, at one point. Not mistaken, he was back heavily in the nineteen ninety three close season. Mm, and then you got a disastrous start, didn't you? I think it was Derby where you got be five nil or something five like nil. that. I, I remember uh, Terry Butcher when he, he signed about four or five players in pre season, and mm. he signed Phil Gray, um, oh, this Derek Ferguson, Andy yeah. Melville. Ian Rodgerson, yeah. uh, there was there was a few Alex Chamberlain, the keeper, yeah. and everybody was thinking, oh, you know, this could be a this, this is going to be a pretty good season. This, yeah. and you see the the, the the first game against Derby five 0 and it just I think it went from bad to worse, mm-hmm. bad to but worse. Was it was it that was it that season or the season after when Peter Reid come in then? Um, no, that, that, I, I think it was later on. Um, I think that season he stayed until the end of the. I think he stayed until the end of the season because I remember we played North County away last game of the season. Right, we could have gone down, and we mm-hmm. actually got, we got beat three one. Right, and it was only other results going up. our way that that kept up. And I, I'm mm-hmm. sure he was manager at the end of that. Or was that the season before? Are oh, you see me mind plays? Mind plays tricks on us. It was it was that long ago. Well, um, well, I think the point being is, you know, it obviously didn't work under Terry Butcher. No, um, Reid come in, and, and if I'm not mistaken, you were in a, a relegation battle. He kept you up, and then a little bit like what Kevin Keegan did at Newcastle, he kept you up from relegation, and then he's really kicked on. And if I'm not mistaken, the following season you you got promoted. We went straight up. He, he, I think he took over with seven games left of the the season before. And mm-hmm. we were we were doomed, you know. Yeah. We were, were heading straight towards relegation. Yeah. Um, and he come in. I remember his first game. I think would be Sheffield United one 0 Craig Russell right. scored. Um, I th- I think we won another couple of games as well. I, I think I remember we beating Burnley away. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you say, he kept what up. And then the following season, we just. I, I wasn't expecting it. I mean, we started. I, I, I think we started off all right, and it wasn't until we played Millwall. Millwall were top of the league, and they come yeah. to our place, and we beat them six nil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig Russell, I think Craig Russell scored four that day. Yeah, and I think from then on it just kind of like it it snowballed, and we just kept kept going and going, and obviously eventually we we, we won the league. But it's funny you mention that because Millwall got relegated that season. The, I make, I yeah. Yeah. I think that game it started us on like a massive climb, yeah. and they just dropped, 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 dropped. Like right, like you say, they got relegated. 
Um, just funny how things happen like that. So, 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 nine ninety six. We were we were going for the title, and as as you well know, which which is probably uh, you'll probably remember it more fondly than I do. We we threw it away, and uh, we didn't we didn't manage to win the league, and you got promoted. So you could say it was a, a glorious season for you. But this, this is this is a question, and I want to, I want you to give us an, a totally honest answer, mate. Would you have sacrificed promotion um, to make sure Newcastle didn't win the league? Nah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that because no. I remember at the time um, I used to work with the Sun and support and he was he, fanatic, diehard, went all the games. I don't know if he still does. I don't really speak to him much now. But, but I remember at the time when I was working with him and it was towards the end of the season and he went, I just, I'm not bothered about promotion. If, if, you, if, it's, if, you don't, if you win the league and we're not the other end of it and I'd, I'm not bothered about promotion. No. And he was sort of saying he would prefer not to get promoted. And if it made sure that we didn't win the league, sort of scenario. So I'm, I'm glad you said yeah. that, mate. Because really when it comes down to it, your, your, your club's own fortunes what it's all about, isn't it? You know. Uh, don't uh, get us don't get us wrong. On the last game of that season, we were playing Tramier away. Right. Uh, I mean, it's what one of my favorite. It's one of my most favorite away games ever. Not not just because of this reason, but I remember who won Newcastle playing that day. Were they playing Tottenham last Tottenham, game of the yeah. season. I remember um, we got beat 2-0. Well, well, obviously, we had already won the league, so it was just a big, it was just like a big party day. Um, And I remember Tramia got a penalty. John Aldridge dive. was never a penalty like. Um, Mm -hmm. And as he was was stepping up to take the penalty, I think Tottenham scored because it was like a massive... Like cheer and raw, like going around. What Sonnen had two ends that day, and everybody just started like jumping up and down and celebrating as, like as you do. And mm-hmm. so, when John Aldridge took the penalty, Sonnen fans were actually celebrating. I, 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 I don't think he. I mean, he scored the penalty. It didn't pour him off or anything. But I just think mm-hmm. I, people must have thought, like, what what's going on here? Like, mm-hmm. you, you couldn't hear the Tramia fans cheering. Yeah. They. Obviously, with them scoring, you, you you couldn't hear them because all of a sudden fans were just going. So obviously, I'm happy that you didn't won the you, you know you didn't win the league because like you say, we yeah. never heard the end of it. But I wouldn't. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have sacrificed. I wouldn't have sacrificed Sunderland's promotion for for Newcastle yeah. to win the to win the league. Nah, no way. Good, good. So so promotion to the Premier League. Um, I mentioned earlier that uh, Newcastle, Sunderland, and Middlesbrough are in the, uh, the same league. I think, I think this was the first time ninety six, ninety seven since that eighty nine, ninety season. But I'll, I'll be it. We were in the everyone was in the Premier League. I mean, we were spending money. We had just signed uh, Shearer, were record transfer fee. Middlesbrough was signing the likes of Janino, Ravinelli, Emerson. Oh, I remember. Everyone was spending money, but used seemed to get promoted, but. Not spend any money. I think we're saying Porth, do you know what? <laughs> right. Um, who else did we sign that season? I can't. Uh, I know later on in the season we signed Chris Waddle and yeah. Alan Johnson, but I'm, tr- I'm trying to think who we signed at the beginning of that season. Actually, didn't, uh, didn't Niall Quinn arrive that season? Yeah, of course, of course. Of course, why I? Yeah. yeah. How could I forget that? Yeah, yeah Niall Quinn. Um, Paul, I'm sure Paul Stewart signed that season at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. 
Well, Chris, yeah, Chris Waddle and Alan Johnson were right at the end of the season, I think. Towards the end of the season. Because there wasn't a January transfer window. Then you you know, you know, had up until so many games from the end of the season. I think it might have been March or April. That was your cut-off for yeah, signing players. Um, right. Was signed then, then. I can't believe I've forgotten Niall Quinn. Well, it's it's mad because I've just had a recap there. You, you already had who, uh, for me, is my favourite ever Newcastle footballer. That's David Kelly. Now, I know it didn't really work out for him at Sunderland, but for some reason, Peter Reid played him left, left midfield. Wing. Aye. Um, so, you know, it didn't really work out for him there. But unfortunately for Sunderland, I mean, we... we we had the, the, the massive shock of Kevin Keegan resigning and then we got Kenny Daglish. So because Kenny Daglish was a winner, even though he had bought the league at Blackburn and even though he had, you know, such a rich, you know, calibre of talent at Liverpool and he ended up winning loads of trophies there, um, you cannot knock him because essentially he was still managing teams who were winning trophies. So we got Kenny Daglish and I suppose in a sense, it sort of, it made the pain a little bit less because we thought well, Kenny Daglish will get that elusive trophy. Um, but you, as I said before, you, you weren't spending money. You weren't really in any relegation danger until the back end of the season yet again. Yeah. So, so what 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 went wrong then? I mean, was it? Would you say Reed's? Because if I'm not mistaken, was 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 Reed also a shareholder as well? I don't know if he was a shareholder then. I. I don't think they actually floated until they moved to the stadium. Right. You know, I don't think they actually floated on the stock market until they went to the stadium. So I think it was later on when when, when that happened. I just don't think they had the money. I, I don't think yeah. they had any money to buy to buy players. They brought, I think, the, towards the end of the season, they brought um, Chris Waddle in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, free transfer from, I think it was tearing it up for Bradford at the time. He was right. he was doing well for Bradford. And they, mm-hmm. they signed Alan Johnson from Rennes in France. Ah, they, okay. they didn't have nah, they didn't have money. I mean they were playing in front of I think what eighteen, nineteen thousand or something. By right. that time Roker Park it had like safety things against it where they yeah. couldn't have a full capacity. Mm-hmm. Um so like I said I just don't think they had the money for the I mean, they went down in glorious failure. I think it's the highest ever points total. Well, there was so so in, in the background, you've got the new stadium going up, um, sort of a new a new a new start in a sense. I mean, I, I would imagine you were pretty devastated that Rotor Park was getting knocked down, though. Mm, uh, it needed it, right. It, it was it was a. Uh, I mean, I loved. Don't get us wrong. I loved it. Like I spent me. That, that was my youth there, like you know what. Um, but by the end, it was it was dropping a bit. So the if they could have redeveloped it, mm-hmm. that would have been canny. But I just think would have been in the you know like on a houses and everything nearby and what have you. I don't think it was feasible. So like you say, we we shifted to the new stadium. Well, obviously you, you got relegated um, last day of the season yet again. Um, controversy regarding Coventry City again, I believe. I think right. their game kicked it. Fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes late, I think it was some something yeah, like Coventry. that. Um, so, so you go down. The big, the bigger, the biggest shock um, was you end up signing Lee Clark from us. Oh no! Uh, and what, what, what were you feeling then? Because obviously, 
Lee Clark, I mean, Newcastle support, I made it clear that he, he, he bled black and white. And he wanted first-team football. And I remember at the time he was he was linked with a lot of clubs, hell of a lot of clubs. But I reckon that um, Peter Reid phoned him up and said, look, come and have a chat. Just come, give us a decency of a chat. And got him pissed and he ended up signing the contract. Yeah, I but, listened to a podcast with him. The, the, right. you know, when you mentioned Roka Report earlier on, yes. they, they had done a podcast with him and that's basically what he said. He said, when he first got the call, nah, not going there. Not going, no chance. And like, like you say, I think he... Peter Reid gave him a call. How I just have a have a chat. He, he got him blabbered, and then uh, next thing you know, he was being unveiled with a Sunderland top on. What, what were your thoughts? To be honest, I didn't. I didn't mind. Mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, I didn't mind. I was. I, how old would I have been at the time? But I would have been about twenty, around about yeah. twenty. So I wasn't like a kid no more. Yeah. Um, I just thought. I think I was like mature enough at the time for it to think, well, you know, as long as he puts yeah. a shift in, I, I, I don't really mind. But he burnt as he, 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 he uh, when we said, I know we'll probably got it later on, but when we signed Chopra, I couldn't take to him. Right. Like later on, That's when Keane signed him, I think just because I had my fingers, we had my fingers burnt with Clark, even right. though I think it was a bit of a stitch up what what mm. happened. Yeah. At, at, at uh, Wembley with the T-shirt incident and what have you, I I, I don't really blame him that much for that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I think when you look at it from a, from a moral point of view, he did turn out to Peter Reid and say he's going to find it extremely difficult to play against Newcastle. Yeah, it's as, it's as simple as that. Wearing Sunderland's shirt. Yeah, and Peter Reid basically tell him, "Fuck off! You're signed by us." You know, and, and fair play to Peter Reid, he wasn't taking any shit off him. Um, Set up, possibly. Um, he went along with it, and I know he, I know he regrets it. I know um, on a recent um, Newcastle pop, he said, you know, that you don't bite the hand that feeds you. And yeah. he went, it's his biggest regret is that he's well thought of at every club apart from Sunderland. And he went, he had two fantastic years there. The supporters treat him well, despite him being a Newcastle supporter. Um, he said he played some of the best form of his career. Oh, and, and ultimately, I know, I know you missed out on the playoffs the first time with the, yeah. another. Um, we'll not go over it too much, but I'm assuming you were there. 4 4 draw, beaten on penalties. You were yeah. there, yes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> following season, you went up as champions. Brilliant. Uh, and, and, and that's when the. Um, you, could, you could see it for the first time, possibly, in your support and memory. This is when you really kicked on, didn't you? Because you had uh, Kevin Phillips at that point. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, Alan Johnson. For a couple of years, and then Nicky, Nicky Summerby as well. So, right. so you had little large up front wingers, um, you know, entertaining football. Nicky um, Summerby, favorite, I think he probably top three favorite players. Right, just give him the ball, and he people went on about Beckham, you know, and he's crossing and everything. Yeah, I would have took Nicky Summerby over him any day. <laughs> <laughs> just used to stand out, stand out on the wing. Didn't do not, uh-huh. you know, he didn't. He, he, he looked just. He looked lazy. I mean, obviously, he wasn't. He was. He was fit, you know. But he just used to stand out there. And uh, Kevin Baller, Lee Clark used to win the ball in the middle, or Alex Ray, mm-hmm. um, give give him the ball. If you give the ball to Johnson, he would take three or four people on, get the ball in with that because like, he played on the left, but he was right footed, so he would like right. you know like bend them in like in swingers, but uh, and then give the ball to Nicky Summerby, take one touch, and he would just whip it in. Yeah, straight either onto Quinn's head or Quinn, 
Quinn would knock it down for Phillips in the back of the net. Well, that's that's how I remember it as well, mate. And obviously, when um, when he's got, he's got up, Newcastle again. I mean, we we had started dropping, really, really started to drop. We had uh, Rude Hullett. That was that infamous night at St. James's Park when um, absolutely horrific conditions, absolutely shut it down all day. The game went ahead. Um, you know, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the way supporters were, were the band then? I think there was 800. No, the, I think the, they were banned um, yes. the, previous, yes. the previous time when it was, I think, did he always win 2-1 at Sunderland? And I think it was yeah. once each at St. James's. They were, right. they were banned then. Uh, but I think was I think the uh, Leeds end was getting redeveloped at the time. Is that that's right? And I think Sunderland had like a little little corner in the Leeds end. Mm-hmm. I wasn't at the I wasn't there. I was in Turkey at that time. You were I, where? Sorry, I was on holiday. I was in Turkey. Oh, right. Okay. I was on, I was on <laughs> Turkey. The, uh, uh, sorry, in Turkey, and I remember I was like a. Obviously, no mobile phones and that really. So I, we were on like yeah. a, a night out, and then when we got back to the hotel, I rang home for to find out, you know, like no internet and what have you. So I just wanted to find out what the score and that was. And uh, me, me father answered the phone. I went, "Oh, dad, what like what happened at the match and that? What was it? What was the crack?" He went, "Oh, it was horrific." I went, "Oh, what do you mean?" He says they got absolutely hammered five out. I went, "Oh, God!" and uh, I heard my mum in the background going, Colin, tell him, tell him the truth. Tell him the truth. Because <laughs> he started going on about Sunderland having some trialist. He, I think he got the idea from Tommy Wright being in goal for Newcastle. He tried to um, wind me up saying that Sunderland had some Spanish. said that they, who was in goal for Sunderland at that time, would have been Sorensen. Yeah, it would have been. Sorensen. He said that uh, Tommy Sorensen broke his leg in training the day before. So they had some Spanish... Trailers goalkeeper in goal, and he had a nightmare. Um, and I just heard me mum in the back, Colin, tell him the truth, tell him the truth. And uh, oh. uh, that's when he, like, he tells us out that I had one, two, one, and that because he had beat the beam back to, to show the game right. at the stadium, big, like a big yeah. screen. Um, and it's it's funny because I was at when I was on the night out, it was you know, these reps nights where they have like Turkish nights or stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I was actually with a Borough fan, we had met with a Borough fan. And he was he was saying afterwards when I got off the phone he was going are you all right I, I was going I what's what's wrong he said well your face there when you were on the phone it looked like somebody had died and, and I obviously told them what had happened my father winding us up the the sod uh-huh. um, but I that was like I say I was I wasn't in the country at that game I was I would have loved to have gone but I don't think I would have got a ticket anyway with it was only eight hundred or something there. Well, that, that was, it, it's strange because it's easy to say this now in hindsight. Obviously, I was devastated that night. You know, you don't you don't want to lose a derby. You certainly don't want to lose at home, something as that. Um, but it was the end of Rod Hullett. And the, the, the story is, um, it was our Rod Hullett, Alan Shearer, and Rod Hullett had to go. Um, mm-hmm. Fair play, he walked, he didn't take a penny. You know, he didn't he didn't want the remain of his contract. He realised his time was up and he, and he left. Bobby Robson come in and, you know, that derby result ended up, Newcastle having a good couple of seasons under Bobby Robson and Europe and Champions League and stuff like that. So I can thank you for that, Johnny. Is that no okay? Bother. No bother. Hi. You're welcome. But, but, get back that, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, obviously, you know, you, you finished seventh that season. You finished seventh again the following season. So you yeah. were 
becoming becoming quite a, a decent a decent team. You, you know, he's finished the both us on both occasions, and then, and then again though, it, it just seemed to fall apart. You know, you, you nearly went down in the 2001-2002 season. And then obviously 2002-2003, record number of points, I think it was 19, relegated. Yeah. Um, I think Reid had well gone by then. And was, was, was it Howard Wilkinson who was in charge by the time he went down? Ah, it was, um, I think the story, no, it was Mick McCarthy. Right, okay. It was Mick McCarthy, I think what happened, Reid got sacked after, uh, however, maybe his eight, ten games or something. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the story goes was that Sonnen were interested in Steve Cotterell. I, can't, yeah. I don't remember who he was managing at the time, but right. so I think Bob Murray, that's who he wanted as his manager, and he rang Howard Wilkinson for a character reference or what have you, and I think it's, it ended up, well, obviously it ended up Howard Wilkinson getting the job, but I think he must have said, look, what, what about me, Bob? No, what about me? I'll bring him as me, me coach. I think that's, right. I think, I'm sure that's how it went. I might be wrong, but I'm sure that's how I remember it happening, where we actually rang wow. Wilkinson for advice, and Wilkinson ended up getting the job. He was dreadful. And he ended up getting them both. He had, he had won the league a few, well, how many years before? Ten? Yeah, well, he won the league at uh, Leeds in yeah, the, So what year was that now? About 2000 and... Yeah, you're looking, you're looking at uh, ten, so, 10 years. 10 years ago. Um, but he, oh, he was... He was horrific. Second worst son of, match, son of manager I've ever had the misfortune to watch. So I wasn't going to ask that question, but you can tell us who, who was the first. Right. Moyes. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll come Get to that. Him. <laughs> yeah, we'll come to that chapter a bit. You, you mentioned Bob Murray there. Um, I, one of the last things I remember with Bob Murray, well, in fact, there's two stories. I remember Bob Murray, when he was building the stadium, he always had this sort of. I thought it was quite embarrassing. One it, more it was... seat than Newcastle. Exactly. What, what uh, was that all about? Ah, uh, I did nah. Crazy. I think that's that was the beginning of the, the Sunners down. Not well, downfall. The beginning of that drop was when that season they decided to extend the ground rather than give Reed right money for. I mean, I don't know how much it, I don't know how much it cost for to get that extension on the north stand, mm-hmm. but. There would have been someone don't need a forty-eight thousand seater. They've they've never needed a forty-eight thousand seater. Forty-two was well big enough, and instead of doing that, they should have just give give Reed the money. I think that season was was signed Tor Andre Flo. Um, disaster. He was decent at Chelsea. He was decent at Chelsea, though. Oh yeah, I think did we sign him from Rangers? Yes, and I think said, I'm ah, sure we signed him from Rangers. And didn't um, you sign? Um... Marcus Stewart. Marcus Stewart. Yeah. Um, and who else did we sign? Oh. Was Flo your record signing at that point? He was my record eight and a half million pound, I record signing. So even even though that sounds a big big transfer fee, around about that point, that probably would have got you a full back at that stage, wouldn't it? Let's I, be honest. Yeah. Um so so Reed wasn't backed, he he left. Wilson and Cottrell um, you got relegated. McMcCarthy was in charge when you went down. He couldn't save you. No. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was a bit of um, a replica of a few years before that because he's got the playoffs again, but got knocked out by Palace. Palace in the semis, and then the following year you won the title again. Yeah, There's, so what? The 2000, 2005, and then 
I hate to say this, but it, it's a fact. You, you did even worse in the, the time before that. You got ready again, but this was on 15 points. Right. I do mean, you know what it is, though? Mm-hmm. We're hopeless, but it, I'll say it, is that the players, they were, it wasn't like they chucked the towel in. They, they, mm-hmm. they, were, uh, they just weren't good enough. They, they tried their hearts out, what have you. I mean, the players that we had in that season was like, say, uh, yeah, Dean Whiteheads. I think yeah. Orca was still there at the time. Um, Marcus Stewart, like uh, Kevin Kyle. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, they weren't very good, but they were championship. They were championship and first division players. Because that's where most of them were signed from. They were signed from like uh, Oxford United and. Yeah. I can't remember who Liam Lawrence was saying it might have been Mansfield, I think. Right. So I mean they had done they'd done brilliant getting with the they get with the Premier League. They just weren't uh they weren't Stephen Elliott, he was another, he was a canny little player. Mm-hmm. They just weren't nah, they just weren't good enough, mate. That's that's the top and bottom of it. So Bob Murray was still in charge of the club just. Yeah. Was he still, was he still not because the players you mentioned there, yes, they might have had heart. Yes, they might have tried, they cared. But you've just admitted there, they weren't good enough. So was Bob Murray simply, was there no money in the club? Yeah, I don't, just was, don't think that. I, I just don't think there was money in the club. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. Because we're getting, you know, they weren't, get, they weren't playing in front of 15,000, 20,000 at the time. They, were, they had decent crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I just don't know. Don't know why they never spent the money, mate. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, they just uh, obviously they just didn't they didn't have it. They they didn't have right. it. But, but then I remember the following season. You, I think it was the following season. You, you got after a disastrous start, didn't you? But then there was talk of the um, the consortium, the Drummerville consortium, coming. Um, Niall Quinn was um, he, you know. Part of that, and you end up appointing. Am I going too quick here? But I, 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 no, I think uh, we, obviously we got relegated. I think McCarthy got sacked with about ten games to go or something. Kevin Ball. Right. Uh, I, I remember it was, good, right. it was Good Friday. We played Man United on the telly on Good Friday. That's when we got relegated. I'm sure mm-hmm. it was a good. I'm sure it was a Friday night, so it must have been Good Friday around about April time. Yeah. Um. So Kevin Ball took over for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um. Don't we get you played on Monday? <laughs> uh, well, uh, even Chop didn't he? <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, because, you know, it, it, this is a little bit of a, a different one because obviously, you, I think you were, well, obviously you were already relegated. You played us on the Easter Monday. Um, oh, it it, well, it might, I, I don't know if we were, we were relegated when we played, when we played years. Yes. We were relegated. It must have been on the Friday and then on the, it must have been the good Friday when we actually got relegated then. Right. Because I remember, because I remember at the time, um, obviously we wanted to relegate. Is as simple as that. We 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 were we had turned our season around because we had just gotten rid of Graham sooner, so it was an absolute disaster. Even though he got one two, he got one two good cup runs. Um, he was a disaster. He ripped the dressing room apart. He, he sold Bellamy, who went on to be a, a brilliant footballer, as far as I'm concerned. He uh, he got rid of Lauren Robert because he didn't like his attitude. He was a brilliant footballer at Newcastle. He, he had a history of doing that everywhere he went. He fell out with Andy Cole at Blackburn, Dwight York at Blackburn. He couldn't handle big players. So we got rid of Sunus, had Glenn Road out, assisted by Shearer. Um, we started building again and we qualified for Europe on the last day of the season. Um, and obviously we beat you 
beat you 4 1 on that day. But my point being, there was 40,000 there and he's already relegated. So do you look at that as a. Is, is that a positive because people had obviously already bought the tickets? Um, or do you think that's slightly disappointing that there wasn't a full house? Or do you, do you still think, well, no, well, hang on, we're relegated. Um, we're only on something like 10 points at that point. 40,000 still an incredible turnout. Um, aye, your second, your second bit. Yeah. I don't blame people um, for not going to that game knowing like, the, the chances were that we're going to get turned over. Yeah. I, mean, I, was, at, I was at the game, like, but I... Mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't hold it I wouldn't hold it against anybody who thought no nah, I'm not having that I'm not going there today mm-hmm. because I've I've been like that not 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 with the Newcastle game but I've I've certainly felt like that loads of times over the past uh, maybe five or six seasons where I've got up on a Saturday morning I thought not going today not going yeah. kind of be mm-hmm. I, I I kind of be chilled mainly when Moyes was in charge like but um. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely I don't, I don't, no, regarding your point I don't blame people yeah. for, for not turning up for that game like knowing they obviously what they thought was going to happen but it was it was it was horrific yeah it's as simple as that and uh, you know at the end of the day um, as you say they were already ready and if I'm not mistaken you hadn't won a home game all season as well with you're right in the uh, the home game where I think we won one would beat Fulham. Right. It was a rearranged game. I'm sure it got um, postponed, abandoned. It got abandoned right. when they originally played because it was um, snowing. Right. And I think I'm sure we were getting beat. What that was another game. <laughs> what in the what in the West Door pub? It was Grand National Day, and they all had our bets, and they were all waiting for our minibus to come and pick what. And then about half one, we just everybody just. Said, you know what it is just, just ring the ring the minibus, tell them not to bother. We'll just stop in the pub, watch the Grand National and that. Um, and I'm sure they were get, I'm sure we're getting beat. We're either getting beat one nil or we were winning one nil. Right. And it got abandoned after like half an hour or something because it was because of the snow. And then the right. the won the rearranged game three nil. I'm sure that was the only game that they won at home that season. Nice. Yeah, fair play because if people, I don't know what the attendance was, but I would imagine it would be definitely 35,000 plus or whatever and relegated a tonk at home in Newcastle and they still turn up. At least, at least they got a little bit of reward that, that right. day. But, uh, but yeah, as I mentioned before, that, that Drummerville uh, consortium coming, I remember at the time as a Newcastle support, I think, oh, bloody hell, this is this is a uh, big business. There was talk of, you know, millions and millions getting ploughed in the club. Uh, they, were, um, they were mental, man. They were, they were so mental. R- remind the listeners, you know what it was all about. Who was involved? And because m- my instant recollection is Niall Quinn was part of it. Niall Quinn he, brought he, it together. He, he, so he got the, the businessman together. Yeah. Um, and then in a couple of weeks, he appointed Roy Keane. Is that right? Yeah. He. I think it was in that that summer that he took over towards the end of pre-season. Mm-hmm. Um. He kind of got like a half a dozen Irish. I think you know John John Hayes. Is it John mm-hmm. Hayes from Hayes Travel? I think he was involved. Right. And there was like maybe half a dozen Irish. I can remember one of them. I think one of them was called Charlie Chalk. <laughs> uh, I, don't know, I don't know. I'm sure. Charlie Chalk. I'm sure that name rings a bell. But I couldn't tell right. you the names now of the, of the other ones. I, I, it was that long ago. Um, mm-hmm. Couldn't get a manager. So Niall Quinn was actually the manager of yeah. the team. And I think it was maybe three or four games. 
he signed a couple of players nobody had ever heard of. Right. Um, I think he signed Barcelona B's captain. Or, right. Arno Riera. Never, I think he played once or twice. Got sent off in, against Southend in the Cup. Right. Um, I think he signed Kenny Cunningham. Oh, Millwall, uh, Republic of Ireland. Yeah. Um, I think he was one of the signings. And I think he, he lasted himself three, three, maybe three, four games. And he thought, nah, this is, I can't do this. Yeah. And then I remember we played West Brom. It was, it was on Sky. And all the buzz before the game was that Keane was at the match, waiting, ready to be like um, unveiled. And we, we, we won 2-0. And I think it was either that night or the day after that he was... Uh, appointed, it it just happened in like a whirlwind. One minute he was at the at the game watching it, and then the next mm-hmm. minute he had been he had been appointed. You must have been excited. Oh yeah, I was like a kid at Christmas. Yeah. Even like he's he's saying he, he became the manager not long before the end of the summer transfer window. Right, and I remember, you know, when 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 Sky Sports News transfer deadline day used to be. Oh, I can't stand it now, but it, it yeah. used to be. It used to be all right, and I remember just the yellow bar on the bottom. Someone of Saint Dwight York, someone of Saint David Connolly, someone of Saint yeah. Stan Varga, someone of Saint Graham Kavanagh, someone of Saint Ross Wallace, and I, I think the yeah. same six or seven players on that right. fight on on the deadline day, mm-hmm. um, and it it just it just snowballed from there we just became this like uh like a, a Roy Keane machine for want so, of a better word to put it in the context Newcastle fans in some respect get the piss taken out of them for labeling um Keegan a bit of a messiah would would you put that as a comparison at the time what was the thought around the club and the supporters you've, you've you've got a legend of the game you know he was a winner um controversial um, you know, a character, but he was a winner of the game. Would, at that point, would would you sort of label it as that? Would would, would you definitely think that he would be moving on to bigger and better things, or is that sort of being totally melodramatic? You know, no way was he a messiah. It was just a case of get what promoted and see where we go. I I I don't think I heard the I don't think I heard the word messiah mentioned regarding him. Yeah. I think people thought that he was just this, like he was this bloke with a massive aura, like like you say, a winner. Yeah. And I think because the team that we had that season we weren't the best team in the league. Right. It was there was loads of games where we were, were losing and like last injury time winners, injury time equalizers coming back from two nil down and coming back from one nil down and winning late on. There was ah oh, there was loads of that going on that season. It mm. was it was just and I think it was him. I, I honestly think it was down to him I, because, the, the, like I say, they definitely weren't the best. They had some yeah. decent players, but they weren't the best team in the league. Um, so, so you started well and you got you promoted. Um, yeah. You know, I think you went up as champions on the last day of the season or something like that. And the following season, obviously, um, in the top in the top flight, back the derbies were, you know, playing again. Um, that season. Off the top of my head, I kind of was. Would would that have been the year we would have had Sam Allardyce? Yes, 
I think that was it. Was it we beat you two one at a, at home? I think that, that was, was the following year. Was yeah. it was the following year? Yeah, so we drew 1-1. We had uh, Sam Allardyce in one of the worst derbies I've ever watched. We, we were horrific, and James Mil- Milner crossed crossed it in the, in the back of the net. That's right, Craig Gordon, I mistake, I remember. Yeah. In the return fixture, um, we had Keegan by then, and we beat you 2-0. Mike Lowen, who, you know, it's unfortunate for him, because you know yourself, if, if you score in a derby, you're a bit of a legend. Right. Um, some, some, of them are, some of them aren't, you know, but the majority are. And he scored two, and we won the game 2-0. But he's he's absolutely detested on Newcastle. But the following season, as you see, he's beat with two one. That was the first victory on your home patch yeah. um, since I think it was nineteen eighty in a derby, yeah. and that was the first one I attended at your place, obviously, and and watched his win. So, from my point of view, that was probably the worst experience in a derby because I'd never known you to beat with. On your home place, yeah. so have a couple of thousand celebrating the St. James's Park. You, you can probably handle. You just get out quick, quick and go. Aye. But when you're in the away end and you've been beaten, and the home stadium doesn't, no one wants to go, and you can't leave yourself because the coppers are keeping you back. That <laughs> is probably, that's probably the worst experience for me in a derby. What What about you, Johnny? What What would probably be your worst being there? What What would be your worst sort of experience in a derby? Um, what was the one that hurt the most? Oh, the the, the Easter Monday one. Right. Oh, the one we mentioned. That was it. Yeah, it was the Easter Monday one. It was horrific. Yeah. Uh, that's when he's had all the. Did you have all the Let's All Off at Sunderland? Yeah. yeah. Paper and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think was that True Faith that organised that? Yes. Who? <laughs> Two Faith organised it, but it come back a bite on the arse a few years later, didn't it? Because well, I'll, I'll tell you what it is, mate. Um, this is like a pretty tenuous link, but can you remember the two fanzines that they brought out? Let's all have it solid. The specials at the end of the season. Yes, I'm on one of them. Really, I'm on the cover. Right, you know the one where the mocked up uh, some of fans in the football end. Yes, to make their faces look all yeah like distorted and everything. I uh, I'm on there. I'll have to hunt that out because I'm sure I've got them copies somewhere. This, uh, it's funny there's a lad called uh, Carl Meisen who um, he he's he's a shoes lad. He went to Wilfrid's as well, and um, he's on it as well. He's he's actually leaning on the. Uh, I can see the picture on the head. He's leaning on the on the fence at the front, the red fence. And his he he bought it anyway. Look, there's there's you not taking the piss out of me. He's he's on it as well, so it's a small right. world. Activities are captured on that. Um, so that, that one hurt the most. Yeah. So that, there we go. The mate. We, we can only be fair. We can only uh, talk about both of us having but uh, bad moments. But but Keen, you know, from there, you know, you am I right in thinking he did he sign? I didn't. That was uh, Steve Bruce was basically bank mode, wasn't he? Because Keen Keen spent millions. So what, what 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 remind us what 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 players what what big names did he bring in? He well when we got promoted he signed Craig Gordon record yes. record transfer for a keeper I think it was in Britain or some something like that nine million he mm. bought uh, Chopra he bought ah, yes. um, he bought the lot from Spurs uh, Chimbonda Malbronk. 
Timo Tanio. Oh, yes, I think he was called. Um, I think he got Kenwin Jones. Ah, yes. Um, I'm trying to... Kieran Richardson. He was a beast of a player. Uh, I, uh, Kieran Richardson. Um, who else? I think later on he signed the likes of uh, El Hadji Juf and what have you. <laughs> now you're talking... So, so it, it, I mean, it ended pretty sour. Why did Keen leave again? Because I, I remember um, there was pretty much talks of fallouts in the dressing room. He was kicking... Uh, you know the the tactic boards over and stuff like that. He was falling out with players. There was rumours that he had fell out with Dwight York again. And what what, what went wrong? Then? I what, think you... I, I think he fell out with um, Ella Short. Ella Short was in charge by then. By the time by the time he left, so he had full control of the club by then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was lock stock. It was it was Ella Short's club then. And right. I think Ella Short was unhappy. I don't. What I heard was that Keane wasn't spending every day at the because he still lived in Man uh, over where Cheshire or something or wherever he lived. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he wasn't spending every day at the at the training ground. He was letting his coaches get on with stuff, and I I think it come come to head. I think it must have been something along the lines of Ella Short saying, you know, you you, you paid plenty of money. Why aren't you spending? Every day, yeah, with these players, you know, get what get out of this situation, what we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, you, you you don't tell Roy Keane what to do, do you? No. Um, no. And I think that was like the beginning of the end. And then the beard started getting longer and longer and longer. And I I think you you know when Keane's having a when you know like when he's on one, the beard starts getting bigger. So, so from a high from beating us at home within a couple of months, he was gone. Um, Ricky Sabrish, I think, came yeah. in and uh, he kept you up. But then uh, he's appointed Steve Bruce. Aye. <laughs> I mean, I'll let you go first, Steve Bruce. I mean, what I was going to say was he, he was backed phenomenally. He bought in uh, Darren Bent. He bought in John. Um, you know... He was he was he was back on the hill, wasn't he? Um, he was back, but I think a lot of it was off the back of um, it, was it was it that first season or his second season when they sold Henderson? He, I mean, you, you're you're right. He did buy the likes of Bent and what have you. He was backed. Mm-hmm. The thing with Steve Bruce, you know, we've got this thing in the Premier League. Oh well, mm-hmm. sorry, you've got this thing in the Premier League where. The, he was an orange ball, sorry, a yellow ball in the right. winter months. Like two mm-hmm. seasons on the trot, we never, we never won a game playing with that ball. <laughs> that, 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 under, <laughs> under his management? Under his management. That's, that's, you know what it is? It, it's quite weird, Johnny, because I think sometimes supporters and, you know, media can pluck these stats out of thin air. In, in the grand scheme of thing, it probably means very, very little. But, you can still use that stat to prove that someone isn't very good at that job. Uh, and so, what, what what was behind that then? Or can you not explain? It? I, I honestly can't explain it. I just I just remember it being like a fact at the time that right. 
but if he, you know we're, we're finished tenth under him, so yeah, like like he likes to keep saying, not not forgetting that we beat I think an already relegated West Ham on the last game of the season, right? We, I think we could have we could have finished fifteenth on the last day, mm-hmm. but, you know, like with the, the like permutations and what have you, and I think did I think even you could have, but you wasn't. Well, you weren't in that league that season, were you? Oh, we, we, we were... We uh, championship. We were... <laughs> come on. No, well, we, we, we win a three-way battle with you, weren't we, on the last day of the season with you and Hull. Yeah. And uh, none of them were, were won, and yeah. all we had to do was score one goal, and we would have been safe, and we couldn't manage that. Yeah. And that's where the likes of Michael Owen Mark... did, didn't that. you? Damien Duff? He scored Damien that team, didn't he? He scored no goal, didn't oh, he? Nice. Uh, he's, he's another mercenary, but we'll, we'll save that for a, um, a Newcastle podcast, I think. But uh, but yeah, so so Steve, so what's what's your recollections of his sort of his tactics? Because he's admitted recently, he I, well, there you go. He didn't. He honestly didn't have them. Not that I could say anyway. He just used to buy players, play them, and I and I honestly just used to think he hoped for the best. Right. I, honestly, I, yeah, I don't think he had any tactical notes or don't get it wrong, he bought good players. He got the likes of O'Shea and Wes Brown and uh, like you say, Jean and Bent. Um mm-hmm. he got Danny Welbeck on loan. Yeah, mm-hmm. decent, decent players, but I just don't think he knew what to what to do. What with do with uh, so so what what went wrong in the end then? Because he was there for a little over two years as well. You got off to this bad start in the um 11-12 season I'm keeping up here um, the 11-12 season but but I, I, one thing I, I do remember by that point social media was massive and people were taking videos and putting them all over before even a match had finished you were seeing stuff on on, 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 on social media and I always remember the fans singing um, get, out of, get out of our club you fat Tony bastard and I think it was a game against Wigan, Wigan. Uh, and was that a build up ah uh, yeah was a football that bad? Because he didn't uh, have that much bad start. It was. I just think it was. I think people could see what was coming. They had had right. these runs with the, like I said before, the the yellow ball, and I just right. think people knew what was on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, he didn't help himself. Mm-hmm. You know when he, he I, I, I don't recall all the comments that he used to come up with, but he used to. I just, he just used to bluff. I, he, he was a bluffer. That's what I, that's what I think. Anyway, I think he's one mm-hmm. of these managers, like Mark Hughes, and there's a couple of others. That doesn't matter how bad they do at a club, they'll always get another job. Yeah. And I, I, I think he knew that. I, I just, I, uh, I just couldn't get away with him. Well, I was. Um, I know you mentioned Craig Russell before. But the band I mean played his wedding a couple of years ago. And yeah, uh, he's, he's still involved with the club, isn't he? Is a, a masseuse, he's a masseur, isn't he? Yeah, masseuse, yeah. yeah. So, but he, he, I had a good, good bit of crack with him. Um, really interesting on his wedding day as well. And I think because he knew he's, you know, he called us a black and white bastard and all that. But we had a good bit of crack. And I listened to a podcast recently that he was on, and and he made a, a point. He just said, look, um, obviously it was a Sunderland, a Sunderland podcast. And he said, look, he never recovered from getting beat five one at St James's Park. Yeah, that, yeah, that was it. Yeah, aye. So, I forgot all about that. To be honest, 
well, that was the previous season as well. So a year later, he, he was eventually gone. Um, and then, again, as an outsider look, and then you appointed Martin O'Neill. You know, Martin O'Neill, to me, I would have snapped him for a Newcastle manager. Was was the excitement with him coming in? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, mm-hmm. especially when, uh, like, when, he, when he first came and I, they went on a decent little... A decent little run, like winning winning games and what have you. Um, he was back in the summer. Mm-hmm. I think he signed um, Stephen Fletcher. He signed Adam Johnson. Um, I signed a couple of decent decent players, and we, we thought, all right, decent manager. He's got a de- he's, he's got the bones of a decent team. Mm-hmm. Um, let's kick on. But the Sunderland way, I'm afraid. Is bring the manager in, let him buy players. When he struggles a bit, sack him. Let another manager come in and deal with the players that the previous manager had bought. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll go on, and it'll, it's just it's it was like um, Groundhog Day. Manager comes in, buys players. Manager gets sacked. New manager comes in, has to deal with last manager's players. Eventually, buys his own players, gets sacked. The next manager has to deal with the previous manager's players, and for the last, you probably get onto it, but for the last ten years, that's that's been the that's been the case at our place. Well, you, you've summarised it quite well because we don't need to go over every single one of them. But when I list, when I look at this list of managers, right? So from Martin O'Neill, who had you sort of roughly mid-table. Yeah. This is when it sort of fell apart, didn't it? Because you had Paolo Di Canio, uh, he, he kept you up, but then he got off to a horrific start. Gus Poirier came in, he kept you up, got off to a bad start. Well, actually, he got used to Wembley. He got one uh, final, eh? Hey? final. And then he got sacked because he won the verge of relegation. Dick Advocar come in, uh, he kept you up, he was persuaded to stay, but then he left quite early in the 15-16 uh, yeah. season. I think, I think he... I think on that... He he he. Um, I think he was given false promises. Am I right in thinking that? And he just thought, you know what, this isn't for me. It's just going to be exactly the same. Or who's, who's do you remember much it? about his departure? Is that Allardyce or Avakar? Yeah, Dick. I I don't think he wanted the job in the first place. I I don't know if you remember there was like a massive uh, on ready to go for him. They had like a massive whip round for to buy his wife some flowers or something. Right. You know, like sweeten her up. Aye. Because I think that's what he had said. He said his wife wants that. His wife wants him, His wife wanted him to wrap in. Didn't she? Didn't want him working in England, yeah. and so they had this big whip round to get her flowers and what have you. Uh, he took the job up, but I don't think he really wanted it. If I'm being honest, um, mm-hmm. nah. Just, but then, but then you got um, Sam Allardyce. Now, Sam Allardyce to me. We're going um, to disagree on this. Well, well, this is this is the area because I I think that Newcastle supporters were sort of branded a little bit like you know be careful what you wish for and you you end up getting relegated because you got uh, rid of uh, Sam Allardyce. That's not true. We we sacked um, Sam Allardyce or Mike Ashley did. Newcastle supporters didn't want him out. They just let him know that the football was horrific. Uh-huh. And Keegan come in, we end up stopping up with games to spare. The following season is when we got relegated. So it was a full 18 months after he left. So when people were sort of building him up to say, 
if you only had a kept, uh, kept uh, hold of Sam Allardyce. Well, that's not true. If only Mike Ashley hadn't took the piss out of Kevin Keegan, we wouldn't have went down. Yeah. We were built. We, we were playing good football again. The fans were back on board. The club, there was a good vibrance about the club. And then that's when it fell apart, when he appointed the likes of Joe Kinnear. And then he appointed Chris Hooten. Then he appointed Alan Shearer. You know, that's that's when it fell apart. Yeah. So, but, but regarding Sam Allardyce, you know, uh, it, it seems to me as if only recently, I think, uh, West Ham supporters turned against him because his football was terrible. Everton fans turned against him, but and then he was at was it at Palace? Palace. He, did well. he was at Palace. Aye. He's 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 known as a manager who apparently has never been relegated in the game. However, that's that's incorrect because he I'm touching at straws here, but he relegated Notts County in back in the day. He 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 had the majority of the season in Notts County got relegated, but I'm just putting it out there because right. that's a start. Right? Okay. But, but Sam on a days, um, he come in. I think he's was it the game was it the the derby his first first game was it first game. game yeah was that first the game. was that the default goal? Uh, no, that was Dick Advocar, I believe. Right, Allardyce's first it. game was when A. Colaccini got sent off, yeah. which should never have happened. By oh way. yeah, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> it though. It's, it's easy to say that when he won three. No, uh, I'll, he, I'll take it. But he come in, uh, steadied the ship. Um, you went on a canny run, but then you you were dragged back into it again, and then you stopped up by I think beating Everton three, which relegated Newcastle that yeah. night. So what was why do you view Sam Allardyce differently to what Newcastle do then? Um, well, I think if Sam Allardyce had a still well, if he hadn't left for the England job, I don't think it would be in the situation where we're now. Put it that way. Right. I think, um, yeah, yeah, right, what we're saying, we had a little purple patch when he first took over from mm-hmm. Avacar, beat Newcastle and what have you. Then we had a mm-hmm. bit of struggle. He bought three excellent players in January. Remind me who they were? He bought Coney. Ah, um, yes, and a half, yes. Yeah, Wabi Kazri. Ah, and. Yeah. Um, Jan Kirchhoff, the German, mm-hmm. and uh, there were three. And I thought, if he gets a transfer window and can get these types of players in, we'll be all right. Right. We'll be all right. But obviously the the, the England job came and what have you. And then we oh, ended up with Moyes. <laughs> well, before we get to Moyes, so, so Allardyce kept you up. You stopped up. We were relegated. At that point, though, I mean, you're looking at nearly four years ago now. Time is flying, mate. But uh-huh. he got the England job. Were you devastated because he had left for the England job? Or I, did you... Understood. I was gutted. I, I was I was gutted, but I, I don't think any manager would turn down the England job, would they? And I think he's the, he's, yeah. he's the type of person that would, like... I uh, he's always said, honey, like he's always bigged himself up, he's always been arrogant. Mm-hmm. Um so he weren't gonna turn down the England job. Mm-hmm. But I think the writing was on the wall before before then anyway, because I think again, I think the money was running out at the club. Mm-hmm. And I think he was he was pretty much told that, you know, that there wasn't gonna be much I think 
he probably wanted he probably might have wanted about thirty or forty million to buy a couple of players or something, and he was probably told you got no chance, mate. Right. And then obviously when the England jobs come along, you 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 take it, don't you? But I was I was gutted because I honestly thought that night when we beat mm-hmm. Everton, yeah, obviously re- like relegated you, but more importantly, it meant we weren't getting relegated. I mm-hmm. thought this, you know, we could be onto something here, like right. But and I, I was gutted when he left, like gutted. So, so it, at this point, then you, you've admitted disappointment when Allardyce gone. Um, Ella Short was would would I be right in saying this was a point where did he lose interest in the club? Well, probably I, but I also he also gave Moyes money. He, he he probably had lost interest at that time. I think that might the, the Allardyce thing might have just been the final, you know, like the final nail. Right. But um, he, it's not like Moyes didn't get any money to spend. Mm-hmm. Moyes had money to spend, but he bought absolute shite. Right. Uh, uh um, but the, I, I honestly, I, it brings us out in a cold sweat just thinking about the players that he brought to the club. Uh, well, I, I I don't know if you remember the season before. Avakar signed Jan and Via. Yes, they signed him on loan from I think it was some Russian Ruben Kazan or something in Russia. They signed him on loan. He was absolutely brilliant. I mean, he wasn't a goal scoring midfielder or anything like that, but he was just he was a good player. Um, and I remember on transfer deadline day, he was actually posting on his Instagram. He was sat in Heathrow Airport in the in the lounge, waiting for a call from Sunderland for uh-huh. sign him. And they signed um, Didier and Dong. All right. Well, record transfer for £13.5 million pound or, or something like that. How, um, how much? I think it was £13.5 million. Pound. Is that still your record today? Uh, I believe it is. Thirteen and a half, yeah. Uh, I believe, I believe that's what I record. And so, so worst signing. Yeah, I mean, God, where, where do we where do we start with our worst ever football? Probably list about ten between us, maybe worst ever football side. But um, so Moyes comes in. I mean, as an outsider, Moyes was brilliant at Everton. Uh, the way up and down, I mean, don't get us wrong, when you look at the actual stats, he had one good season and one average. And then they did flirt relegation now and again, but he got the plum job at Man U. Um, he, he still fights his corner and says they were in a better position um, that he had left them in than what they were at one point under Van Hall. So, right, OK, well, you, you tell us, because, again... Looking back at the calibre of some of your managers that you've brought in, I mentioned uh, Martin O'Neill before. Uh, Gus Poirier, he he was doing re- really well in the lower league, so he, he was seen as sort of a, a want for the future sort of thing, you know. Um, Sam Allardyce, we've agreed to disagree on him, but Moyes was another who I thought he was he would probably take his on to better things. So, so what what went wrong? Though? Was he another who just couldn't get the best out of a team, or was he well, tactically? Not- I think he was uh, honestly. I kind of stand. He's. I just kind of stand the bloke. Honestly, seeing his name brings us out in a cold sweat. After right. well, the first game of the season, I think we, we got beat away at Man City two one. We played Canny. Um. Yeah, we, we got beat. Uh, I might be wrong, but I I think Manny 
Man City might have been the champions. I might be wrong though. And uh, mm-hmm. after the game, oh well, what what the Sunderland supporters expect? You know, we're, we're in a relegation battle. This was after right. the first first game of the season. I remember it, yeah. And I just thought straight away from then. I just thought, no, nah, I'm not having you. Like, I mean, he was probably right. You know, yeah, we probably were because why? Why would anything be different from the previous? Like five or five or six seasons, where we were in a relegation battle, but you don't come out on the first game of the season after losing uh, to a late goal, I think it was from Man City. Uh, right. Oh no, we're, we're in a relegation battle here. Uh, uh, that's not want to be. That's not what I want to be here. And like mm-hmm. uh, from then on, I was just like, no, I'm not having you, mate. So he lasted a year. He went down without a fight, really. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Um, yous went down, we went up. Now, before we move on to the last couple of years, which I'm not going to go over too much, mate, because I know it's probably it will be painful. Like, I, you know, I'm not yet to take the piss. It's as simple as that. Um, Ella Short again, as an outsider looking in, we think we've got a terrible owner. You know, we, we I've got this as long as my arm of stuff might actually done to, done to, um. Done to Newcastle is it you know a moral point of view, from a footballing point of view, um, the fact that he's built his business year after year after year, he's become rich on the back of Newcastle United. Yeah. Um, but people look at it and go, "Well, he's still a Premier League club. He's still a Premier League club." He backed Rafa and he got you out of the first division and stuff like that, and etc. 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 My view on Ellis Shaw may be similar to what you, your view. I don't know what your view is on uh, on on Mike Ashley, but when I look at Ellis Shaw, I, I think, well, hang on, you got used to a cup final, which you know I see some people celebrate the anniversary of it because it was such a fantastic day out for you, you know, or a fantastic weekend. Albeit you got beat, but you probably expected to get beat off Man City. Let's be honest. Um, six in a row, he was in charge. He owned the club for. I believe the majority six of yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Uh, he, he he sold the club, and if I'm not mistaken, you, you may correct me here, but I'm led to believe the the new owners bought the club for five million up front, and then the rest was going to be used as sort of credit terms, really. Yeah. From the parish payments. Yeah. And then when he left, he ripped off all the debt. Yeah. That the owed him, so. From from my point of view, I look at that and think, well, okay, he lost interest, he backed the wrong managers to do the job, he yeah. kept a conveyor belt of managers, there was no sort of you know, consistency with what yeah. was going on, but ultimately he left us in quite a good position. So are you going to disagree and tell me other stuff about that, or am I right in what I'm saying there? I just sure? employ the wrong people. Right. I I, I think... You'll not hear us say like many bad words against him because I thought as as a owners go, I think he was pretty decent. He he gave managers money. Um, like I say, I think he I think when he started bringing in these directors of football, he mm-hmm. brought somebody Defanti as a director right. of football when Decanio was manager, mm-hmm. uh, and he gave I, I think that Defanti gave Decanio about ten or ten or eleven players something like that, and none of them were. None of them were up the much. I think Barini. We got Barini on loan through him. He was decent for her. But the rest, um, no. 
and then I think he employed another director of football after he went called Lee Congleton. Right. Um, his, well, to be fair to him, he signed Rodwell, uh-huh. but he also managed to swap Josie Altador for Jermaine Defoe. Right. So, <laughs> that's kind of like, I think that's deal of the century for, for, for me. Um, but I, honestly, I just think he employed... When he did lose interest, I think at the, I think when Niall Quinn went, because Niall Quinn was kind of like the chief exec type of chairman, like what have you, uh-huh. uh, when he left, I think that's when it started. Uh, I think they had that Margaret Byrne. The less said about her, the better. Um, well, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna come to her if you don't mind as interjecting there. I, I can't, I can't not mention the. Um, the Adam Johnson, the debacle, and I, I don't want to go over it too much because we Genial. know what. Yeah, well, 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 there you go. So, uh, so from, from your point of view, did the was there a bit of a cover up because Allardyce was in charge there as well. He kept playing him. Yeah, um, um, I, I don't know if the cover up went that far down, but I think she, I think she definitely knew. She definitely right. knew, and then obviously, I think just before the. Was it just before the trial or something? He pleaded guilty to one of the the charges, and that's right. when they said, "Right, we're going to have to." Did the sack him straight away then, or did the sack him? I, I can't remember the exact ty- exact timeline, but when he admitted to one of the charges, that's when the. But, but yeah, but she knew. Allegedly, right. In my opinion, just if any lawyers are listening. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, it, it's 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 always an, an awkward one, this Johnny mate. And you know, there's banter, there's crap, there's piss taking, there's, you know, me and you've done it for thirty years, and you know, I I I didn't agree with the choice of songs that Newcastle fans were singing about about the whole situation. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, we, we've directed the abuse since he was have been relegated to. Um, to David Barsley at Burnley, every time we play him, he 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 loves it. He 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 always warms up in front of the Newcastle supporters at Burnley, oh, and he just oh, Barsley, he just yeah. Uh, Barsley, yeah, and he just knows that we're going to sing. At, um, you're just friends with Adam Johnson. It's like, why are we wasting my energy on a Burnley sub? I I I, I don't get it, you know. But yeah. I think the yeah. point being is, you know, do you think? Sunderland supporters defended him naively because he had scored a fair few goals in derbies against us, and, and granted he was a great, he was a good player. So, do you think it was a case of we're going to defend him no matter what guilt, until he's proven guilty? Probably. Or were you on the fence of oh, I'm a little bit unsure about this? What, what was your sort of thoughts on on that period? What's your take on that? No, I'm not getting. I wasn't getting involved with that, mate. Thirty. Uh-huh. Thirty-eight-year-old bloke with two teenage girls. I wasn't. I wasn't getting involved with that, mate. Right. No, that's, that's fair enough. So, so in in a sense, in the club, you know, terminated his contract. There was even talk of uh, potentially welcoming him back. Um, you know, I, I I couldn't even tell you. He, he has been released now, hasn't he? He's out and he's yeah. busy. He's he's nowhere near a football club again, though, is he? No, nah. Mm, right. Well, <laughs> He's, he's done. You know what I mean? 
Pretty much Taurus. Simon Grayson. Um, he just couldn't get a win from anywhere. Again, you appointed Chris Coleman, who did fantastic for Wales. Um, you know, again as an outsider, I looked at that and thought that's that's a good appointment. Now. He'll do well there. Um, but it sort of backfired, didn't it? You, you, it got worse. Yeah, I, I think I, I remember when I think when he was appointed, I remember having a bit crack with you on Facebook about it, and I was I I wasn't in like don't get us wrong, well. Championship club. I wasn't expecting to go out and get a like top top manager, but I think I remember I was never impressed with him. I was never impressed with him when he was when he was Fulham manager. Right. Um, fair enough. He done canny with Wales, but I mean to be fair, he had Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey, and I mean I I, I think they kind of like carried him. Um, I, I don't think he was. Obvious. I mean, he done excellent for he, he done excellent for Wales, but he had a couple of very very good players with with them. Um, but he was another one that massive letdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- he, he's God. He's he signed the keeper Lee Camp. Yes. Who? Uh, honestly, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Another one that brings us out in cold sweats. He was absolutely dreadful. Um, we had three keepers that season. None of them were very good, but one of them was better than the other two, and he never got anywhere in the other team. Uh, he wasn't. He, he he was injured for a while to be fair, but as soon as he was fit again, he should have been straight back in. But he persisted with uh, that Lee Camp and Jason Steele, and they were uh, they were dreadful. Um. No, I, I was never impressed with Coleman. Like, and it, it it didn't surprise us that we went down. Like, so so you went down. Obviously, that was played out in front of the um the the, the sun until I die Netflix. Um, <laughs> a, little, a little bit similar to ninety six ninety seven when you had that Premier Passions carry on. You know, and sometimes you you wonder whether you're uh, tempting fear by doing that. And lo and behold, what happened? You you if, if, you know history repeats itself. You you end up getting relegated. Um, so Coleman was gone. Um, then the new orders come in, mate. Um, and this is this is something which again I'm not going to pretend I know everything about your club because I certainly don't. Um, but one thing that's always puzzled me is if the club was for sale so cheaply, um, where does Sunderland stand in regards to a supporters trust? Um, and if you've got one, a are you a member? B, what's the sort of what do they do, or what 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 are they trying to achieve? And see, if you haven't got one, where is the supporters um, in regards to sort of trying to come together, raise the money and try and buy the club themselves? Where do you stand on that, Johnny? Right, well, they've got a a group called the, uh, well, they're called RAWA, Red White Army, basically, like that, that's the acronym RAWA. Um, and it's funny you should mention that they, they do have dialogue with the club and they, they have uh, like meetings and everything and then they, they have meetings with the club and what have you and then they uh, release the the minutes of them and what have you, what everything that's been spoken about. 
But it's just the last couple of days, actually, where, because I've signed up, I, I I think I probably am a member because I signed up uh, for, the, uh, for the being member, basically, so I get all the minutes and what have you sent to us. Right. And it's it's just the last couple of days, actually, where I've actually had an email from them saying that the that think that that discussing about whether to become a trust or not, right? Because I mean, I didn't know what the difference between a, a like a supporters group and a trust was, but apparently it's so they've got the like the uh what's the word like the legalities and the facilities to become part owners of the club or own a club. Hundred percent right. Is is that yeah. what is that is that what like actually be the difference between a trust and a supporters group is? Pretty much, because what you got to bear in mind is when you become a trust, it's sort of an official, it's supposed to be an official communication between the, the, the Football League or the Premier League and a, a, a supporters trust. So by rights, the club have got to communicate with you. Right. They've got to involve you. And in an ideal world, you would get supporter representation on, on a board yeah. uh, from a trust. You've got a better opportunity to do that. Someone mm. may correct me if, if I'm if I'm wrong there, but that is your best chance of getting involved with a football club by being involved with a trust and getting elected to to the to the, to the football club. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's pretty much what they said in that 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 email because the, it, it was basically an email to say that they were thinking about that trust um, thing and that they were it they had had dialogue with the new chief exec. Who was, right. who was appointed a couple of weeks ago. And I think that was more like a, a, a getting an, a getting to know your meeting type thing because they have had uh, a lot of dialogue in the past with the likes of uh, Charlie Methvin and uh, Stuart Donald himself. They have had uh, meetings with them and they've released the minutes into the like the public domain. Uh-huh. Uh, and like, like I say that, I got that email the other day where they had the... Uh, they just basically said that they had spoken to the old chief exec about this season ticket carry on with refunds and that. Um, and then the, the next bit of the email was saying that, 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 that I, I don't know whether they're going to have a vote on it or whether they're going to just be like have a good, serious thinking about becoming a trust. Right. With that, with that aim in mind for to try and get representation on the, on the board. So, so with with that in mind, then, um, what's your thoughts on the owner that you currently have? What what's what's happening there? Uh, I think he I think he means well, mm-hmm. but I just I think you see an opportunity to buy a club the size of Sunderland for peanuts, um, or like you like you said before on credit. Yeah. Um. So he's done it, and then I think after he's got it I don't think he's got the I mean by all accounts he's a, he's a fairly rich bloke but I don't think he's rich enough for a bankroll a club like Sunderland yeah uh, not, I'm not my, I'm not saying that was some this kind of like massive club who should be going out and spending millions and millions because the reality is we're a bloody third division club mm. but I, I think I think from the outside looking in, I think he's like probably just bitten off more than he can chew, and he he's he's openly said that he's trying to sell the club. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I I think what I don't agree with is I think he's trying to sell the club for a profit, and yeah. I don't think 
the club at the minute is worth a profit of what he, he paid. If he had to get were promoted, you know, if I'd have been in the championship, I mate, there you go. Like yeah. you're getting were promoted, have it make make yourself a bit of money out the way. Yeah, uh, you, you you know you deserve. Well, do you deserve it? I, I don't know, but I would have no problems with somebody making a profit off with after getting were promoted. But if he's selling were in the same situation as what he bought were in, then just sell were for what you paid. Yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. So, so, so we, we, this is probably a um, a difficult question to answer, Johnny. But where does the club go from here? Where, what can what can get us promoted? What what can make us move forward? Because at the moment, you seem to just be slipping and slipping that further away. Granted, as we started at the start of the uh, the podcast, you've only just missed out on promotion. But to enter into a third season in the third division. Um, the fact remains is that you've you've officially finished in the lowest, lowest ever position. Ever, aye, lowest, lowest in my history. Um, so the only way, what what is the only way that you can move forward now is for him to set up, start again with the with the new owners, hopefully with some some support as trust representation. Is that is that the ideal scenario? I, I think even if he doesn't, if if Stuart Donald doesn't sell, just back the manager that we've got I think I, I mean God when, when Parkinson took over I don't think anybody was happy and after half a dozen games I think we I think we won two of like 12 games or something when he first took over and he was he was getting he was getting grief as you'd expect but I, I honestly think that that if they stick with him he knows the division uh, he probably knows the kind of players that can get out of the division. I'd imagine, hopefully. I think the first thing I would do is I would I would stick with him and give him a, a chance. Fair play. So, that's, I, I suppose... that's just my opinion. I, I, whether they've got the finance for to, to back them in the... Because, yeah. again, in all, you, you have to wait and see who comes down from the championship because whoever comes down from the championship they're going to have, well, they're not going to have money, but they're going to have a better class of player than what, what we have. And for, more worryingly, though, Johnny, I'm I'm led to believe that this season is the last season you get a parachute payment as well. I think that's already ended, hasn't it? It's already gone. I think it's. I think that's that's the um. They might have just had the last payment, but I'm. I don't think we're. I I I don't think we're due anymore. I I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. But do, I, do you? Are you fearful, Johnny? I, I mean, we've talked about the positive scenario there for Sunderland and for, for you as a supporter. Are you fearful that there could be a day where you get the news that you've actually went into liquidation? Nah. Nah, I've never... Nah, I don't think so, mate. Mm. I think we're a... Uh, not, not wanting to sound arrogant, but I think we're a big enough club where somebody would... Come to the rescue. Yeah. 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 I think so... Basically, like what these two have done, like this, like what Stuart Donald's done, I, I, I do think that there'll be somebody out there who would think, well, you know, they're a they're, they're a decent sized club, and we can get them for a lot less than what we could get a, a smaller club higher up in the the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm not, I'm not fearful for 
oh my God, God, I hope I don't end up eating my own words here, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think we'll be all right in that aspect, but whether, whether we're stuck down these lower leagues for a lot longer, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. It was good for the soul. If it, Dinger is wrong, when we first went down, I, I, I still enjoy going to the matches. Like mm-hmm. when, when Moyes was in charge, and I thought that was it. I'm finished, me. I'm I'm not going back. And then when these took over, I like the 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 stuff that they were coming up with. Basically, about I think in the first press conference, that Charlie Methman said, I think his words were the piss taking part is over. And I kind of like I think it's been good for the soul, like watching players that give a shit. Mm-hmm. Not the best players in the world, like you say, they're the worst statistically, the worst team we've ever had. But yeah. the, the, at least they look like the care, as opposed to the the overpaid ones in the past, where they, they, they couldn't give a shit, mate. And like I say, I think it's been good for the soul. I, I respect that, Johnny, mate, because I think everyone's got a you know a tipping point. Um, my tipping point was. You're not going to probably not going to be surprised at this, but when we appointed Sam Allardyce, I packed my season ticket in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in typical typical glory hunting style, we'd be bolting away three one, and we absolutely battered them. We're three up after half an hour or something, and I thought, whoa, I'm wrong about Allardyce. And I phoned the club up and got my seat back. I was lucky to get my seat back. <laughs> you know that was the tipping point for me. Um, I've had a few tipping points since. Obviously, more more recently, last last year when we uh, there was a big campaign about if Rafa goes, we go. Um, and I was, I, I, I'll hold my hands up. I was trying to persuade everyone I knew to pack in because it would have made me feel that little bit better about packing in myself. Yeah. Lo and behold, no one packed in. Um, Steve Bruce come in, no one packed in yet again. Even though that, that that's probably the one of the biggest. You know, come downs ever that from Rafa Benitez to um, to Steve Bruce. You know, who? Let's be honest, he was he was failing at the championship level. You know, at Sheffield and Villa before him. Yeah. So that was a point, but I still go and I still go and I still think to myself, what? Why am I doing this? Things are never going to change under Mike Ashley. He's always going to take the piss. He's always going to upset us. So there's all. It, it's never. Never nice at Newcastle, you know, and I think you'll probably say that there's always drama up at Newcastle, and I, I think I think the point is that, albeit we're in different leagues, we're both looking and hoping for for better days, and what whatever comes of that, it's going to have to be with new owners if it's simple as that. Ah, uh, aye, you're right. I, but like I say, whether we we'll get these new owners or not, I. I don't know. I, I'm just good at that that thing with the, you know the the Dell lads. Yes. Some I, I don't know what went on there because they were, I think they were pretty much well they were very interested in buying the club and then it just turned out into being a ten million pound loan. Yeah. Secured against the stadium and the, the the training ground and what have you. But aye, you're right. We just want better things for our clubs, don't we? Which was me. Referring to my point about the, um, the, the the slight worry about the finances, because if, if your owners, who said clearly the piss taking stops, you know, them are getting loans, which is secured against the football ground or the, the, state, the academy or anything like that, 
that for me is a, a concern because if there's a deal where they can't afford to pay it back and they just do one, then what happens next? I think yeah. that's yeah. I, I think I, I mean it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me if they defaulted on the loan and these Dell guys turned up, but mm-hmm. I think I, I don't even know why they took the loan. They said they didn't need it. Yeah, but they they want they, something to do with these. We'll just call them the Dell guys because I can't remember their names. Yeah, they right. wanted to see what they've done with the money type of thing. They wanted to give them a loan and then see what they've done with the money in with the just like I see it to see see what they've done with it and how they used it and if it improves them and what have you. But then he come up and said, "Hello, we're going to deal with it." Was fixed bloody lifts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lift broken in the main stand. They were going to be doing stuff like that with it, like fixing lifts and uh, not. I don't think any of it was earmarked for to improve the football side of things. Yeah, I think it was just all for cosmetic stuff and everything. And apparently, they haven't even touched that money yet. So I don't know. But yeah, right, it's, what you're saying, we just want better things for our club and that new owners. Uh, bit hard on the pitch and uh, you'll, you'll go home happy. I mean, what, one of the biggest um, stereotypes about Newcastle supporters is that we're deluded. And I get it to a certain extent because there was a time where, you know, juries are quite, let's just say we're confident people. If you're interviewed on the telly, you're not going to turn around and go, oh, I think we're going to get relegated. Oh, we're just going to be mid-table. You're going to get interviewed and you're going to say, well, yeah, of course we want to go for a, a, a Europe. We want to go for a cup. We want to go for the title. You're going to see it. Otherwise, what's the point of going? You know, you, you hope for better days. So you, you, you're definitely right. You just want that bit hope. You want that bit, um, you know, purpose for going, I suppose. Um but it'll be interesting. I mean, as we as we do this record now, football is going to restart. Well, in a Premier League level next uh, this week. Sorry, this week. I think it's it's is it Tuesday? Uh, I think it's Wednesday, Wednesday. The first game. Um, you know, in in six months' time, the, the the following seasons may be starting again. We both may have new owners. We both may be optimistic. Um, hopefully, mate, we can we can meet up and uh, have these pints. So oh, definitely. Next. I'm honest. I'm gagging. You know, I'm not only one for the pubs just will like willy nilly, but I'm just looking forward to sitting in the beer garden on a Saturday afternoon with a with a few bets on. You know, I put stick an accumulator on and bloody get back to normal. Watching like Dundee United equalise in the last minute and knock me knock me accumulator up. <laughs> Again, I hope that kills me. Before we finish one, we've, we've done well, mate. We're hitting two hours. Um. Gonna have fire a couple of quick questions at you, mate. Uh-huh. I think it's okay that um, you, you've been very open, you've been very honest, and it's appreciated you giving up your time for this because I know it's difficult to to sort of speak from a similar perspective, especially to a to a Newcastle supporter at the end of the day. And this is going to go out to Newcastle people. So, giving you something back, mate. Well, what what would you say um, has been your best moment? If you if you could pick one moment following something, what what would it be, mate? Over the last thirty years or so. Um... Half time at the Capital One Cup final when we're winning one nil and I honestly thought I, I said to me dad I said what happens if we win we could actually see we win a trophy and well like in my lifetime that's mm-hmm. that's like my 
obviously we <laughs> didn't, but that's a that was a moment. Not and and it's 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 like a, it's it's typical that it doesn't involve any like success. It's it's the sun and way that it's like nearly success type well, of thing. Well, but, Sitting, sitting at Wembley at half time in the in the cup final, thinking I might actually see my club win a trophy at Wembley, yeah. um, nor a nor a like a championship trophy or a like a because yeah. it, it's a proper trophy and you can only win three, you can only win three trophies at the beginning of the season, can't you? Like the, well, the Premier League, the FA Cup, or the League Cup, um, and to win one of them would have been pretty mint. <laughs> um, you mentioned the even though the championship seasons can be enjoyable, especially when you get promoted and win the league. Oh, other yeah. Than, Definitely. Other than winning the championship is right and wrong, isn't it? I mean, two of my favourite seasons following Sunderland was Peter Reid's two seasons in that championship when we just tore it up. Yeah. Uh, like, rep, obviously, the first season started off poor, but then we went on this run where we just missed out on automatic, finishing with the, the chart game at Wembley. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the second season, I think we lost three three games all season, 100, 103 points or something like that. It was just, God, man, you, you woke up on a Sunday morning after the match and you were thinking, right, when's the next one? When, when's my yeah. next game? And you know, yeah. it was just brilliant. So so what about your, your, your favourite or your, yeah, your favourite player? Who's, who's your favourite player, Johnny? Um, poor, uh, I, see, I don't re- I don't know if I've ever had a favourite player, but the, the the ones that I most enjoyed watching was uh, when I first started going. It was Mark O. Yeah. Um, and then going on like round the Reed area it was it was probably Nicky Summerby or uh, Alan Johnson. I, I I used to love them too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then modern day, phew, uh, Jermaine Defoe. Right. Because when when they signed him, uh, honestly, mate, when when they signed him, I thought he was like just this little cockney white boy, you know. He's all, all he's all bling and um, but he was just brilliant. He he completely he completely changed my opinion of like what I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Niall Quinn. If I had uh, Niall Quinn, I'll say Niall Quinn. Not, if, not, I to, if I had to pick one, I would say Niall Quinn, just for what he done after he finished as well. Mm-hmm. When what really, such a low ebb. Yeah, he, he really bought into the um, the football club full stop, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, oh, and the well, you never mentioned Kevin Phillips in recently. Um, don't get us wrong. I, 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 I thought he was brilliant for her, but yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I just. I think I preferred other players to him, especially in that team. The likes of Johnston and Summerby, uh, mm. even like Alex Ray. I used to love Alex Ray. Yeah. Probably like Micey Little Twat he was. Uh, he used to, I used to love it when he played against Keane because he used to get stuck right into Keane. Like he wasn't, you know, a lot of players when they played against him they were frightened of him. Uh, Alex Ray used to, I, I used to love watching Alex Ray against him. He used to get stuck right into him. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I, now, I, don't get us wrong. I love Phillips. He was part of the team that was like my favourite to watch over the last. Well, since I've been a fan, mm-hmm. um. But I, I don't think he would have been anything without Quinn or without the 
like the likes of Summerby and Johnson. In flipping it back to Newcastle, because obviously it's a Newcastle podcast, final question. If there's any Newcastle player over the last 30 years I saw you being gone, could have worn the, the red and white of Sunderland, who, who would you pick? Uh, Ginola. Right, okay. I used to hate watching him when he was good because he was good. <laughs> yeah. I I just I, I used to like watching Ginola when he played for when he played for Newcastle. Like, uh, in, I'm jumping in here, but one final question. This is definitely the last one. What's your thoughts on the um, the whole England situation? Because the short answer to me is I've sort of lost interest in England probably over the last decade. I yeah. think I think. I've fallen a, bit, a lot of out of love with football uh, for numerous reasons, but I'll always support Newcastle. Newcastle will always be first and foremost. But when we were kids, we had Italian 80, we had Euro 96. Uh, even going into the, um, the the millennium, you know, you had a fantastic team, really, with Beckham and all the stars. But they failed to deliver. But the last 10 years, to a point where I don't really watch friendlies, I'm not really bothered about qualifiers, but the tournaments come round. I'll watch them, but I put it this way, it didn't bother us when we got knocked out by Croatia last year. No, I'm pretty much the same. Yeah. I, like, when we when were younger, I remember when, uh, like, Italia 90, I remember crying my eyes out when they got beat off the Germans. Yeah. Um, but, like, these days, I, I, it's it's club way, way more than, way more than, Dean guys wrong, I would love to see England win a, like, a Euros or a or a World Cup, obviously uh, everybody yeah. would. But um, when the when they got beat off Croatia in the semis of the World Cup, I wasn't that mm-hmm. heartbroken, disappointed yeah. a bit, yeah, because it would have been canny going out to a pub to watch the England in a World Cup final. But nah, I I think I'm pretty much of the of the same. I, I lost interest a bit and don't watch qualifiers. Um, not not that I can get not that I can get. I'd be allowed to watch them anyway in this house with three women. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a different story. But nah, nah, not really. Still, obviously patriotic. Love to see them win it and all that. But I'd rather I'd rather watch England cricket team than England football team. I don't don't even know. There's a couple of people who uh, do the Truth Food podcast who would probably happily invite you on for a cricket podcast, but it's certainly not for me. But Johnny, listen, mate, it's been absolutely brilliant. Mate, we've had a fantastic time. I really appreciate your time. It's been very interesting to get you on the show. As I said earlier, hopefully the next time we chat, mate, we're both on the better things, mate. So uh, I wish you all the best. No problem. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.